You are listening to Feast Radio, bringing God's love and grace on air. Listen to significant and heartfelt messages you can reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. That was beautiful, church. Thank you so much for being one with us today. And on behalf of all our leaders, I welcome you home. Can you look at the people around you? If you can touch them, touch them as many people as you can and say, welcome home. Welcome home, everybody. Those who are watching online, we welcome you home wherever you are and hoping one day you can be one with us here live in PICC in Pasay, Manila, Pasay City, Metro Manila. Hope to see you very, very soon. And those who are here, it's so beautiful to have you. And quickly, I want to greet to all, all the fathers here. Happy Father's Day, Alain. Happy Father's Day. What's up? <laughs> Somebody texted me earlier. Happy Father's Day. Enjoy your day. Because tomorrow and for the rest of the year, it's all Mother's Day anyways. <laughs> There's some truth to that. So I'm enjoying the day, okay? <laughs> And uh, we also want to greet all our spiritual fathers, our priests, bishops, and everybody who we consider as our spiritual fathers, those who've set beautiful examples of faith, of strength, and of love. We greet everybody. Happy, happy Father's Day. And of course, our dear Father God, who is always there, faithful, loving us despite everything. Give a hand again to everybody. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And dear fathers, can I ask, uh, just let a little bit special, can I ask everybody else to sit down? But if you're a father, can you stand up? Please stand with me. Uh, our feasters, our feast leaders have uh, prepared something for you. So dear ushers, can you give it to us? Kasama ako sana. We have, uh, we have, hey, hello. Thank you, darling. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, dear fathers, this is, this is, they say, this is a edible flower, pastillas flowers. And uh, para naman, nakakatanggap uh, naman din tayo ng flowers. Okay? Meron na po ba kayo? Wala pa. Uh, tabi tayo. Okay. Sa akin yung isa, syempre. Sige, sa'yo na nga. Okay. 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 <laughs> Meron yan. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you, and palakpakan natin ng dear fathers. Thank you so much. You can now take your seats. Thank you. Before we start preaching, let's give the floor to our. Pwede ko man sa being father of our community. Bakapagalito na ko founder na lang of our community, Brother Bo Sanchez. Thank you, Didi. Thank you so much, Doc Didoy. Give a big hand to Doc. First of all, I'd like to honor one Filipina who gave honor to our country. She lifted our country at a time. Parang may ingay. Or do you hear it? I don't. I'm the only one who hears it. There's something that's. Di naman sa sabog na. I can go on. 
Parang sa, parang tumataas. Yun. We'd like to honor one Filipina who lifted up the country when the country needed it most. And recently she won again. And she is one of us. Since 2015, she's been joining the feast. Uh, whenever she was not in training some, in some other country, she would be here. And she's with us. She's a wonderful friend. I'd like to honor not only her, but her coach and the whole team. Team Heidelin. Let us welcome them. Yay! I also want you to know that Heidelin uh, and Coach Julius will be getting married very, very soon. I asked Heidelin to speak. You know, Heidelin is always, always so shy. Every time, ever, ever, ever since I met her, talagang, kung pwede lang, ayaw niya magsalita. Pero I said, even just, you know, a sentence or two. And uh, of course, I'm going to give the microphone to her. Thank you, Pro, Brother Bo. Um, feaster po ako since 2013 po, brother Bo. Um, pumasok po ako dito, one or two sentence lang, no? Pero pumasok po ako dito, brokenhearted po ako. Um, uh, lost po ako. Wala akong direction sa weightlifting. Pero after two years, after three years, or not three years, after a month, um, napamahal ako sa sports ko. Nagkaroon ako ng value sa ginagawa ko dahil natuto akong mahalin ang sarili ko dahil napa, naging close ako kay God dahil sa The Peace. So, gusto kong magpasalamat sa kay Brother Bo, sa Peace Family, at sa lahat ng sumuporta sa aming mga Pilipino athletes at nagdasal, lalong-lalo na nung Tokyo 2020 Olympics at Nung SEA Games, maraming maraming salamat po. Thank you so much po. Ah, gusto ko rin pong pagsalamatan yung um, people behind me, yung Team HD. Kasi hindi ko po nagawang uh, manalo sa Olympics without them, without their support. Hindi po ako mag-isa doon. At kasama din po kayo doon. Maraming maraming salamat po. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Heidelin. Thank you, Coach Julius. Thank you, Team Heidelin. Pwede bang kasama rin kami sa Team Heidelin? Lahat tayo. Kasi tayo nag, ano, we're, we pray. We pray every time she's in competition. We're praying for her. And uh, we're rooting for her. You know, she, they have a bigger dream. Not just to win gold medals for themselves. Actually, now they're raising up other athletes um, for the country. And it's amazing. So let's keep on praying for them. Let's give another big hand. Heidelin. Team Heidelin. To all the fathers who are here, I'm not preaching today. Um, you know, there are certain, certain feasts that I, I'm, I, tell, I tell our, you know, Odi, Didoy, you know, you guys, 
you know, I'm, I'm going to listen. I want to listen. So I'm going to listen today. Uh, but before I step down on stage, I just want to, again, all the fathers, raise your hand. Mga tatay, sometimes your families do not recognize when you sacrifice. They do not recognize those times when you want to quit, but you decide not to. Many times you're very tired and you do not tell people you're tired. You do not tell your wife, you do not tell your children, you're already exhausted, you just soldier on. Why? Tunay kang lalaki. You are a man. This morning I was exhausted. Hindi na sanay sa travel. I arrived last night from Butuan and and we had a whole day seminar. I, I talked to hundreds upon hundreds of people. This morning, I, I said, oh my gosh, but why am I so exhausted? <laughs> and then I realized, well, two years of not traveling, you know. Um, but, but there, I, what did I say? I said, a man's got to do what a man's got to do. Get up! <laughs> and how many days of the year, fathers, did you make that decision? Pagut na pagut ka na, pero no! So to all the fathers, I honor you. I honor you for being a man, for being a father to your family. Not only financially, but emotionally and spiritually, you lead your family. And so thank you so much. Even if the family does not recognize it, kasi hindi mo sinasabi, tahimik ka lang. God sees it. And God will reward you abundantly, fathers. Amen. Amen. Um, special people from Butuan came. Uh, Brother Joboy, Sister Mimi, please stand up. Uh, they're, they're the leaders of our feasts there. And 300 people joined the feast. Tamaba. Every, uh, in Butuan, one of the feasts. And uh, Joe Boy, Brother Joe Boy, I like calling you Brother Joe Boy, not Congressman Joe Boy. He just w recently won. And uh, we thank God for that. Amazing, amazing. Thank you so much. The family is here also. So thank you. We love you. God bless you. Brother Doc Didoy, come and preach the word to us. Give a big hand to Brother Bo Sanchez. Bangon. Let's start. Can I ask you to stand please with me? Let's honor the word of God. We are on our last day of our three-part series called Awaken. Everybody say Awaken. And the goal of this series is for us to be awake. <laughs> to whew, This is our spiritual life. This is our spirit-led life. And for the past few Sundays, I hope that you do appreciate that we are getting to know the Holy Spirit more. It's work in our lives and, and how we can live our lives to the fullest as God has called us to do, to live that Spirit-led, Spirit-full life. Are you ready? Let's pray our favorite prayer and feast. Our third talk is called Rely on the Savior. Everybody say, Rely on the Savior. And as we pray our favorite prayer in the feast, let's strip down our pride. Let's let go of anything else that 
is not relevant at this point in time. You're already here. Make the most of it. Connect with God as much as you can and surrender and pray and really strengthen your relationship with the Lord as we pray. All together in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you're comfortable, relax, release, rejoice and pray together. Today I receive all of God's love for me. Today I open myself to the unbounded, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Today I open myself to God's blessings, healing and miracles. Today I open myself to God's Word so I will become more like Jesus every day. And today I proclaim that I am God's beloved. I am God's servant. I am God's powerful champion. And because I am blessed, I am blessing the world. In Jesus' name, Amen. Sing. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Speak to us, Lord. We're listening. Amen. From Luke 12, verse 49. I have come to set the world on fire and I wish it were already burning. Say it with me again. I have come to set the world on fire and I wish it were already burning. It was Jesus' quote. And fire could mean destruction. Fire could mean terrible things. But if we look at fire, it is a purifying agent. It's a change agent. Saint Ignatius of Loyola would say, Go forth and set the world aflame. And today, through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we are not just mere recipients of the Holy Spirit. There is a reason. There is a why. There is a purpose. Everybody shout purpose. A spirit-led life is not a mediocre life. God has a purpose for you. And that is to be a light in the world. In this dark, dark world. To be the change agent that even through fire, it purifies and lets go of the impurities. That's our prayer for today. Can you put your hands to your heart and say, Dear Lord, I'm ready. Set me aflame. Do as you will. Send your spirit and I receive it fully. Holy Spirit, I receive you. Holy Spirit, I embrace you. Holy Spirit, set me on fire. In Jesus' name, Amen. Give the Lord a big, big hand, everybody. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. You can take your seats. Who's having fun today? I am.
Talk three, rely on the Savior. We need the Spirit. We need the Savior. How many of us need the Lord? All of us, definitely. I love it. We're going to give you three action steps so that you can live a fully Spirit-led life. And we call it three Bs. Very creative. <laughs> three steps. How many? Let me proceed to the first immediately. Number one, you are living a Spirit-led life if you are a bringer of hope, a bearer of hope. Can you say that, please? bringer of hope from Matthew 8 verse 18 to 20 what does it mean to be a bearer of hope where is Matthew 18 uh, 28 that's not my slide can you show my slides please uh, let me say it from Matthew 28 verse 18 to, uh, chapter 8, 28 verse 18 uh, 16 then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. To, to go. This is the last part of the gospel. Can you, are, are you with me? This is the last part of the gospel. And it says, When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. And then here's what Jesus said. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go. Everybody say go. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Spirit, Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And the Gospel of Matthew ends with that. What do you mean by being a bearer of hope? Everybody say, I have a message. We are called to be bearers of hope, bringers of hope. Let's reflect. When we're going to meet people, when we're going to the office, when we're meeting our friends and relatives and loved ones, how do they feel <laughs> when they see you? Are we bringers, bearers of hope? Yes, we are called bearers of hope. And, and it doesn't have to be in church, in this PICC setting, inside the church alone. Church is a dynamic living thing. And you and I are the church. It's not a building. Are you with me? We are not just going to stay in the upper room. We go out of the upper room. So live that spirit-led life as God has called us to do. And he said, go. Go forth. And what are we bringing? It's not our message. It says, go and make disciples of nations. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. We are bearers of good news. We are the bearers, witnesses of the good news of God. That from death, He has bridged the gap to life. That we can live that fullest, 
fullness of life. And again, the beautiful, I need you to remember this. What is our hope? Ask the question again. Who is our hope? Hope has a name. And his name is Jesus. And I will be with you always, even to the end of age. That's very reassuring, isn't it? It is very reassuring that we're going to get out of here after this. It's just two and a half hours with the feast. And after this, go make disciples. Be a bearer of good news. Brother Bo was in Butuan, he said. He was there to give the good news of hope, of the gospel, of teaching about financial literacy. How about us all? Are we all called? Yes, we are all called. Yes, you are. Say to the person beside you, you're called to be a bearer of hope. I was able to participate in, I was called to be, to be part of a field mission. Our company has a small foundation and the, the, we try to help the poorest of the poor and we have an educational uh, scholarship grant. And so I volunteered and I was sent to a field mission in Silvino Lubosk in northern Samar. Anybody here from Samar? Yes, hello. It's a far, far place. <laughs> and let me show that to you. We, 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 just to describe the experience just quickly, it was the flights going to that, uh, to that island is not usual. It only is like twice a week. So we had to go in via Tacloban and it took us a 7 a.m. flight. Then after we arrived for an hour, hour and a half, we had to travel by land, by a van, towards the most in inland place in that island called Silvino Lobos. We were in the airport. We flew at 7 a.m. We arrived in Silvino Lobos at 6 p.m. <laughs> it's far. <laughs> I really asked, are we there yet? <laughs> Many times throughout that trip. But there was a smaller, nearer airport, which is in Katarman. But it wasn't, there wasn't any flight at that time. So we had to do it. And we had to cross a river just to go to their poblacion, just to go to the main area. Stuff going there. There were dirt roads. There were, it wasn't, it wasn't, it, it's hard to go to. And we checked the schools. We were there to screen, to have scholars. And those, we were selecting a few that we could grant to have college education. And we were trying to do an exam, do an interview, and, and select. And at the same time, we went to the other more inland places, uh, an hour away from, the, from Poblaciones. As you can see in the pictures, it wasn't nice. It wasn't safe, actually. And we saw that it was a beautiful place. Beautiful. Untouched. However, it was full of poverty. And it's heartbreaking to see that in this time and age, there are still people going through that. And I saw the kids trying to be in uniform, and yet some are walking barefoot. barefoot. And the poverty incidence in this place is 56%. More than half of the population doesn't have enough basic 
food and non-food items in their place, in their households. And one of the interviewers I, I was able to interview then was, she said, I know we're poor. And I said, tell me why do you feel, or why do you think you're poor? And he said, and she said, uh, Doc, it is usual for us to eat at night via the moonlight. Because we were so poor, we do not have any money to buy candles, gas lamps, and we're conserving the wood for heat rather than light. And I said, Paano pag umuulan? Paano pag walang buwan when there is no moonlight? And my heart was moved. I thought I was the bringer of hope. But I found hope there. I was talking to the teachers. Let me honor the teachers there. In the next slide, one of the teachers there in that, you know, in a, in a very poor classroom. And I said, sir, how far is your place? And, well, he travels three hours just to teach. And I said, how can you keep up? You have to travel. And, and he just said, there's no one left to teach. So I still continue to teach. I, I try not to be emotional. It's, it's a rule not to be emotional in front of them. You don't show your pity because they are not needed to get pity from us. But I was moved. And if I could share their story, maybe one of you, two of you, or many of you gets to be moved and get that message of hope. What is the hope? That there is goodness in this world. That we can be that good that we can bring to the world. My reflection question for all of us is, what mission is God calling you to do? When you have the Holy Spirit in you, you're called for a purpose. Everybody say purpose. And sometimes purpose is wrapped in pain. So don't be afraid of the pain. Today, as you hear this story, what is God calling you to do? Maybe call up that one person that you have been dreading to call and talk to. Maybe you're a person who have been evading your dad for the longest time. Call him up. Call him up and just greet. Or maybe... Next week, you will decide, I will not come here on my own or just with my family. I will bring another person in this feast. Yes? Or maybe tomorrow, I will wake up tomorrow on a Monday and say, thank God I have work. And I will do my work very well for the rest of the week. It could be a big mission or it could be a small mission, but it still is a mission. Maybe tonight, you're going to cook up a wonderful dish for your family. Do it with all your love as much as you could. I believe that we are called for a mission. And what is that mission? To be a bearer of hope. To be a bringer of hope. Amen? Amen? Amen.
second way, second be, so that you know that you are living a spirit-led life. Are you ready? It's called be a bridge builder. Everybody say bridge builder. This is a hard thing to preach, but yeah, I love preaching this. Everybody say bridge builder. I always say this to my team in the Feast Mall of Asia, and I'm going to say this to all of you. We are not the only builders of this place. We are all builders of this place. Everybody are building the family one week, one Sunday, one person at a time. Amen? And we are called to be bridge builders. What does it mean to be a bridge builder? I want to put up 1 Corinthians 9, verse 19 to 23. It's a long one, but I hope you get this. Bridge builder. From, here we go. Can we flash it? Can we read it together with me? Even though I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. When I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who followed the Jewish law, I too lived under that law. Even though I am not subject to the law, I did this so I could bring to Christ those who are under the law. When I am with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from that law so I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. Pause there. Are you getting what I'm saying? Where you are called, you be there. And, 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 and Paul, Paul writing to the Corinthians saying that where I am called, I am there. I am, I am being one with them. I'm feeling them. And yet, he did not break his integrity. He said, I do not ignore the law of God. So, it doesn't mean... You're going to be with the corrupt people. You're going to be corrupt too. It doesn't mean like that. Yes, but he's, he's saying, he's saying, I am one with them. I'm becoming one with them. And I think that's an idea of what the bridge builder looks like. Okay, let's continue. When I am with those who are weak, I share their weakness. For I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. Bridge builders live in the common ground. Bridge builders live in the middle. Everybody say middle. And it's a messy middle, yes? It's not easy to be in the middle of people who are fighting one side supports this one side supports this and you you know you have a you know you can support one it's all polarized now but yet we can choose to be in the middle because it's needed because if we are so polarized one is on the other side and the other is on the other side what happens to us we disconnect and our main problem here is we're so disconnected too. After 
trust has been broken after being so, you know, polarized, set apart, or pulled apart. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Being in the middle is messy. Being in the middle is not easy. It's easier to choose a side rather than staying in the middle, than choosing the middle ground. Yes? When you see, come on, practical, pragmatic. When you see one person fighting the other, what is our human tendency? Balaki dyan, sige, panoorin mo pa, may popcorn ka pa. Pinapanood mo pa sila mag-away. Sino kaya ang unang papato? But a spirit-led life, one of its fruits is gentleness, kindness. Yes? And when there is, when, when there is a hole need to be filled up, when there is a gap, everybody say gap. A bridge builder fills in the gap. And that's we, what we are called today. In the same place where I was from, a bridge was being built. Can we show it? And uh, for me, can you describe it? For me, it looks like it's messy. It's taking a long, long time. Doesn't look like it's strong enough. But when I asked one of the locals, I said, what do you think about the bridge being built? And the teacher said, blessing puyan." It represents hope to them that soon, soon for them is two to three years, that they will be connected to the main road and eventually progress will come. Trade will come. That's a community who doesn't have cars, only motorcycles, because it's only a motorcycle that you can travel beyond the river. It has to be a little higher because that river can go higher and higher and deeper that it will wash away anything in its path. But that, I crossed that bridge. It was muddy. It's, it's icky. It's dirty. I don't like it. It's hard. But I think it's worthwhile to be a bridge, to be a bridge builder. Because who will if not we? <clears throat> Dear feasters, online and on-site here in PICC, this is the bridge that we are in. You are safe here. How we wish we could have given that communications during the campaign period of the election, etc. When, when there were, what we're saying now, this is our safe place. We, we, are, we are in a bridge. We are building this bridge together. And we need you to make this as a space, a home, a family that bridges the gap. We can fight outside. We can have our own emotions. We can do everything. But can we make a decision in this church, in this family, in this community? We are in a messy middle. And we need this to still remain connected 
to each other that God has called us to be one. One body in Christ. We are one. Can we do that? Let us together build the messy middle that is our church. If you know someone who has left the feast or the church because things got messy, call them up, bring them back, or at least connect with them. Sometimes it works to start apologizing, not because you're wrong, maybe you still have your convictions, but because you hurt each other. Is that okay? It's, it's not easy. It's messy to build bridges. And sometimes it takes a long time. But God, in the Spirit, He who began a good work in us, will be faithful to complete it. What has been planted? The Spirit is planted and replanted in our hearts, in our lives, for us to be transformed. And then one day, it will spring up, eventually bearing good fruit. And that is my wish for us all. Be living in the Spirit, living a Spirit-led life. Be a bridge builder. Be a bearer of hope. And the third one, not for me to preach, but let's give a big, big hand, please, to Brother Odi Villarazo. Thank you, Didoy. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Can you turn to the father beside you if there is one and say, thank you for showing up. For all the dads who are afraid, who are who feel like you're unqualified, you're unsure, but in spite of all that, you continue to show up. We honor you for that. Thank you. Thank you so much. So Didoy has preached it so well already. The three things we need to learn. You're called to be a hope bringer. Touch your neighbor and say, you're a hope bringer. And then the second thing is you're called to be a bridge builder. Say, you're a bridge builder. And here's the last one. You're called to be a Jesus carrier. A Jesus carrier. What is the context of this? I want to go back to this beautiful story. We've been studying the book of Acts and it has been amazing. We're talking about the time when the Holy Spirit just recently descended upon the apostles in the Acts of the Apostles chapter 3 verse 12 and then something happens. I'll tell you the story in a moment but I want to show you the reaction first. It says in Acts chapter 3 verse 12 it says that Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. Dido already read this earlier. It said, people of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this and why stare at us though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. What is the context of this story? Remember that this was the time when the Holy Spirit just emboldened the disciples and, and soon after they were preaching to the Gentiles, to the Jews, to every pe person that they see. And then one day, Peter and John were walking, going to the temple. And in the temple, you would have beggars along the streets, along the steps. They encountered this one lame beggar. Somebody who hadn't walked a single day of his life. Somebody since birth, he never learned how to walk because he couldn't physically walk. And so the Bible says that this person asked for money. From Peter and John and then what did Peter say silver or gold I do not have but what I do have 
I give to you. And then he says this, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And then immediately, the ankles of this lame beggar, all of a sudden, it got strong. And he started jumping up and down. He started praising God. He started celebrating all because of that miracle. And this is where we find ourselves in the story. Everybody saw what happened to that man. But here's what I love so much about this story. The Bible says that every day, this guy was put there by, we don't know, by friends, by family, by cousins, by his girlfriend, by his parents, we don't know. But somebody every day put him along those steps for what? What purpose? To beg for loose change. To beg every day for loose change. And what I love so much about that is that every day he would beg for change. But this day, that day, he wouldn't receive change. Instead, he would be changed. Two lessons that we can learn from this. Number one, put yourself always in the path, the right path, the path of the blessing. The one reason why this guy was healed was simply because he put himself in the path of a miracle. I mean, every day he went to church to beg for money, yes, but that was the place where God would give the miracle. If you are somebody and you want to be blessed, let's say you want to learn something, Put yourself in that path of that wisdom. Somebody who can teach you. Look for a mentor. Like for instance, you want to go into weight, weightlifting. Look for Coach Julius. You look for a mentor. You look for a coach. Somebody who can teach you. You want to learn how to invest? Look for somebody who can teach you how to invest. In other words, you put yourself in the path of the blessing. That's the one reason why this person was blessed. Because they put themselves in the path of that blessing. Second lesson that we can learn from this. Expect God. To exceed your expectation expect God to, to, to bless you abundantly in fact think about this for a moment okay this guy would only go to church every day why because he needed to be fed he wanted food plain and simple he wanted a meal he was there to beg for money but what happened was instead of receiving money Peter says, silver or gold I do not have, and yet what I do have, I will give it to you. And then he says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. He didn't receive money. You know what he received? He received a miracle. God doesn't just want to bless you with money. He wants to give you a miracle. He wants to change your life. Come on, go ahead. That's a good place to clap your hands. God wants to bless you abundantly. How many of you believe that? Just raise your hand. God wants to exceed every expectation that you have. And when God exceeds your expectation, get this. He's not just going to exceed it a little bit. He's going to stretch that. You'll know when God exceeds your expectation because you'll feel that you are richly blessed. Even if you don't have the best of everything, you know that God is blessing you. Why? Because you've got joy. You've got peace. You've got love. And I know I'm talking to two groups of people here. There are people here who are listening and saying, Brother Audi, you're talking about abundance and God exceeding my expectations, but it doesn't feel like, you know, that God is exceeding my expectation right now because there are two seasons in every person's life. The first group of people that I'm talking to are the people who are in their planting season. How many of you feel like you're in your planting season? The pandemic happened and right now you're continuously just, you know, raising yourself up and you're planting. Maybe you just started a business. Maybe you just started a new career. You're in your planting season. And get this, when you're in your planting season, it feels like God is blessing other people more than you. You're putting in the work, but the produce is not happening yet. But I don't want you to feel bad. 
Because this is the place where God is just growing you. Sometimes we compare ourselves to other people. And we say, why, why is God's favor on them more than me? Why does God love them more than me? Hey, you are in the planting season. This is the place where you're learning. Some of us, you know, we come too often to God just like that man. We come to God begging for scraps. Begging for leftovers. Thinking that, you know, I'm satisfied with what I have. And we're thinking that this is it. Pwede na to, Lord. If you're single, some of you might even be saying, Lord, kahit sino na lang. Kung sino mo po sa akin sa feast ngayong umaga, siya na lang, Lord. We beg God for scraps. Thinking that, 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 that that's what we deserve. Or maybe that God is punishing us for something that we did wrong. Remember that story of the prodigal son? That son who walked away? Got his inheritance? Walked away from the father's house? But what happened? He mismanaged the blessing. And then he said, after he wound up sleeping with pigs, eating pig slop, he said, I'm better off going back to my father's house. But he knew, he expected that when he would go back, things might not be the same. He had shame in his heart. And so while he was walking back, he probably did not run because he wasn't that excited to go back. He just wanted to enjoy having food in his stomach every day. But then what happened? The Bible says that when he saw the father, when the father saw him, the father was the one who ran. He was expecting that the father would just make him one of the servants. But instead, the father threw a party for this guy. I'm telling you, when God will bless you, he will bless you abundantly. But sometimes we're just begging for scraps because we're happy. We're happy with just receiving this, Lord. Pwede na to, Lord. Not knowing that God is able to do immeasurably more than whatever you can ask or imagine. God can do more. Touch your neighbor and say, God can do more. God wants to bless you, but you're in your planting season. So it takes time. But then there's another group of people. People who are in their harvest season. How many of you believe that you're in your harvest season? Come on, let the people see you. Don't be shy. Don't be embarrassed. If you're in your harvest season, God bless you. It's because of God that God is blessing you. Amen. But I want to give you an advice. If you are enjoying the rich blessings and abundance of the Lord, here's one piece of advice, brothers and sisters. Don't ever let God's blessings get into your head. Because you might end up thinking, you know, I'm so blessed. They're not. And maybe it's because God favors me more than them. Maybe it's because God loves me more than them. Hey, God loves you equally, just like everybody else in this room. God sees everybody here equally. And so don't ever let the blessings of the Lord get into your head so that you become so entitled with that blessing because what happens is this when you get so entitled with a blessing the Bible says that God gives but God can also remove it from you so what do you do you thank the Lord for it but also this I want you to know that one of the reasons why God blesses you abundantly is because he wants to make you 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 an example of his generosity and his goodness you are but a mirror that God is good. So that when people see you, they'll know God is blessing that person. So it's not about you, but it's about what God is doing through you. Those two reasons. But let's go back to the story. Because I want you to read with this with me. How did the people respond to seeing this lame beggar all of a sudden celebrating, jumping up and down? It says that Peter saw this opportunity and addressed the crowd. Because they were looking at Peter and John thinking that the miracle came from Peter and John. And then Peter said this, What 
is so surprising about this? And why stare at us <laughs> as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? Can I preach this a little bit to some of you? I got to get real with you. We happen to live in a world right now, and I'm not excusing myself as well. We live in a world where we like taking credit for things that we, 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 always, we, we, we not, did not necessarily do. You agree with me? We like taking credit for the good stuff that happens. Like we like sometimes to, to you know, get the praise. We like to get the compliment, even if sometimes we're not the one who actually did it. Like if you stretch it a little, a little even further, we like putting our names on titles, on positions, on billboards, on tarpaulins, saying, you know, this is from my project. This is mine to do. I constructed this. Thinking that it's all about us. But what is Peter doing here? Peter is saying something so good here. He says, why stare at us as though we had been the one to make this man walk by our own power or godliness? But he says in verse 13, for it is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of all our ancestors who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. What is Peter doing? Peter was saying, I didn't do it. John did not do it. This is the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, and the God of Abraham responsible for all this. Peter is teaching us a lesson about humility. Let me share with you one last story and then we'll come and respond to the Lord. One of our servants from the feast asked my advice very recently, just a couple of days ago, and she said, you know, Brother Audie, we have a lot of people asking for financial help from us. In social media, you know, we get messages from people asking for, for, for medical uh, payments for, for their bills or, or, or tuition for their kids or maybe even just regular you know food sustenance and they approach us and she says you know brother Audie most of the people who approach us nowadays they're actually no longer feasters some of them are unchurched some of them probably don't even know about the feast they don't know about who you are or who brother Bo is and, and she asked me this question she says how can we inspire them more than the one-time financial help that we give them because we have to be good stewards about the help that we also give because our funds are not are not limitless it's limited and so i prayed about it and i discerned it and then you know what god put in my heart i'll share it with you i i, I tell our servant yes you know we continue to help whether they're feasters or, or non-feasters whether they're churched or unchurched we, we help but here's what i think is more important after we give them the practical help, I think it's very, very vital and very important that we have to pray with them. We pray with them. We, we insert that spiritual factor of our help. Why? Because that's the most important thing that we're doing. More than the practical help of giving food, giving money, giving sustenance to this person, I believe that our job is this. Our job is not necessarily to help them solve their problem. Our job is to introduce them to the solution. Who is the solution? It's Jesus. Jesus is the solution. You know, you come before God and you pray about your needs and God will send you somebody to help you with your needs. But if you don't get that, you'll only go to people thinking that the, the per, the, it's the people who will solve your problems. So we give them the solution. So our job is to actually point people to Jesus. We're arrows that point people to Jesus, just like Peter. It's not me. Why are you looking at me? Why are you staring at me as though I'm the one who created this miracle in the first place? But it's my God. 
It's my Lord. It's the God of Abraham. It's the God of Isaac. It's the God of Jacob. He's the one who will bless you. He's the one who will exceed your expectations. Can we give the Lord a big hand? While you're at it, can I invite you to stand up? Come on, go ahead. If this, bless, if this message has blessed you in any way, I pray that it will take root as we close. You know, I've been asking myself this question for many, many years. And not just during this time where things are, are, are a little emotional in our country. There are many things that are happening all over the world, not just in our country. I mean, we've got the wars going on. We've got hunger. We've got persecution. We've got abuses. We've got all sorts of things, people killing one another. And yet my one question to the Lord has always been this. Once upon a time, I asked the Lord this, Lord, why in the world did you allow Jesus to come into our, our life, our planet, our world and live here? And then just, you know, take him back. I think we can all, you know, be blessed by his physical presence right now. I mean, wouldn't it be great if you saw Jesus walking along the aisle? I mean, the physical form of Jesus. So my question to the Lord is, why? Did you think that, Lord, we were ready? Because from what I see all over the world, it seems that we're not ready. I mean, there are countries fighting with one another. There are people killing each other. There are people back, back fighting with one another. Lord, are we truly ready? Because when, when I see it with my own eyes, we're not ready. But you know, the truth is, I don't think that we'll ever get ready. I don't think that we will ever get to that position or, or that frame of mind or that countenance where we will be fully ready. I mean, we can't ever be ready for, for, for death. You don't know if you're going to take your last breath today. You don't know if the gas prices are going to go up or down next month. You don't know if you're still going to be here next year because we don't know what happens tomorrow. So the truth is, we're actually never going to be fully ready. And you know what? That's fine. Can you touch your neighbor and say, that's okay. That's okay. Even if you're not fully ready, that's okay. Why? Ask me why. A little bit louder. Why? Because God doesn't expect us to be fully ready. You know what God expects? God expects us to be fully ready to rely on Jesus. To be fully reliant on the power of the Spirit that is at work in you John says this I don't want you to go home without knowing this John says this so beautifully Jesus says if you love me obey my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth the world cannot receive him because it's not looking for him and doesn't recognize him but you know him why because he lives with you now and later will be in you no Jesus says I will not abandon you as orphans but instead I will come to you if you're feeling like you're all alone sometimes in your brokenness in your loneliness you're never alone you've got an advocate you've got a helper I know that sometimes you feel like you're all alone handling all the issues and you're carrying all these baggages 
for your family, especially for the fathers. You know, you have so many sacrifices that not everybody in your family knows, but I want you to know that you're not alone. There's a helper that you can tap into. Or maybe you're somebody here and you're carrying so many burdens and, and, and only God knows what you're carrying because you've run away from people and you've rejected people and you felt the same rejection by people. I want you to know that there is another advocate that God has sent. It's the Holy Spirit. God doesn't expect you to be fully ready for all the things that He's called you for. But He wants you to be fully reliant on the helper that He's given you. To have this kind of desperation to say, Lord, I need you. I can't do it on my own. I need your grace. I need your strength. I need your power to sustain me. If you feel like somebody like that that I've described just now, can I invite you to just pray with me? This is a Holy Ghost moment. We believe that the Holy Spirit is upon us right now. And we thank the Lord for this helper, this gift, this magnificent grace that can be ours if we want it today. I want you to put your hand over your chest. And I want you to bring forth every issue, every struggle, every difficulty, every concern. It doesn't always have to be bad, but maybe you've got a prayer petition for the Lord. Bring it forth. Bring it in front of Him. And with the magnitude of carrying all these things, just like you feel like you're a heavyweight and you're a, and you're a weightlifter, I want you to say, Lord, I can't do this on my own. I can't do it on my own. My strength is limited. My capacity to endure is limited. But with your help, I can do this, God. I can do it together with you. And so I want you to open your hand right now. Every hand from the front to the back. Father, let this place be filled with your presence. That the Holy Spirit would be tangibly felt all around us. Whether this place or the, or the other side of that screen, people who are attending online, we believe that the Holy Spirit is flooding this place with anointing, with favor, with equipping, giving us, Lord, the grace to understand that we've got a helper. And we lean into you with full desperation, knowing that we cannot do this alone. And so we receive this, Lord. With open arms, we receive the Holy Spirit right now. Work in us, oh God. Take your place upon our life at the seat of your throne and then use us, oh God, in a powerful way that we can be a bringer of hope. We can be a bridge builder, but more importantly, we can be a Jesus carrier, oh God. Touch our lives today as we worship you in spirit and in truth. This is our prayer. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And all of God's people shout, Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Subscribe to Feast Radio and open yourself to God's grace. For more podcasts like these, visit feast.ph radio.